Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to The World in 10, your daily roundup of world events as seen through the eyes of the Times of London. I'm Alex Dibble. I'm Sonal Patel. As wartime rhetoric ramps up, we hear what it's like to be sandwiched between Russia and China. The Brits are taking over US sport, sort of. And we've got Hugh Grant's response to that Oscars interview. Every week these days, it seems that there is a story in the news that makes you think the world is getting dangerous. And today is one of those days because China says that the actions of the US, the UK and Australia pose severe nuclear proliferation risks. And that is their response to the fleet of nuclear-powered submarines. We'll talk more about this in a minute, but with rhetoric ramping up and relations uh, between the superpowers stretched and strained to their limit, the Times interviewed the Prime Minister of Mongolia. Why Mongolia, you may wonder? Well, he gave a new perspective on this power struggle, as it were, and its effect on other countries like his. Mm. And the key with Mongolia is its geography. So very briefly, it has China on its south side and Russia on its northern border. And as those two superpowers are on this collision course with the West, Oyan Erdin, uh, the Prime Minister of Mongolia, says countries like his will end up being collateral damage. It's like a divorce. When the parents divorce... The children are the ones who get hurt the most. And what he's referring to really, I suppose, is the economic disaster that will occur to countries like Mongolia. And crucially, he's warning that if we're not careful, uh, there could be a new Cold War, this time in Asia. He says um, countries like Mongolia and Malaysia being asked, and he blames the Americans for this, to pick sides. And it's an impossible position and one they could pay the price for for decades. My concern is how long it will take go back to normal system if you end up in a new Cold War. It took half a century after the last Cold War. That's why this is a very critical moment for the rest of the world to decide this issue and conflicts as soon as possible. So when the UN voted to condemn Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Mongolia crucially abstained. Now, in the article in The Times, he asks, if you were in my place, what would you do? And he was speaking to The Times Asia editor, Richard Lloyd Parry. And you can read that piece online now. The context of the Mongolian Prime Minister's comments is China's response to the AUKUS submarine pact. We represent three allies that are coming together again. The United States can ask for no better partners in the Indo-Pacific where so much of our shared future will be written. The AUKUS agreement represents the biggest single investment in Australia's defence capability in all of our history. 
China says the US, the UK and Australia are going down a path of error and danger. It's something Times Radio has been looking into in some detail today. Tom Tugendhat is the UK's security minister and he told us the submarine pact is about protecting global security. This isn't just about China. You don't need me to tell you about the partnership we're seeing between President Xi and President Putin. You don't need me to tell you that all of these areas are challenging us in new and different ways. And that's why this alliance with Australia and with the United States is so important. It's about much more than nuclear boats. It's about standing together and defending those principles which have kept us free and open for 70, 80 years. So this pact is about projecting power and resolve and allowing the Australians to patrol the waters between them and China. Now, Bernard Lagan covers Australia for The Times. He says a lot of Australians are in favour of this because of the problems they've had with China. Driven, I think, no doubt, by Australia's recent history of skirmishes with China. I don't mean uh, physical skirmishes. I mean the trade retaliation that that China has put onto Australia in recent times, cutting off our coal, seafood and timber exports. That kind of thing. And I think the war in Ukraine uh, also has um, heightened Australia's perceptions that they are less secure than what they thought they were. For China, there's no immediate threat because it's going to be 20 years before these submarines are actually built. And I think that may be why the language China's using is robust. But it's saying that the US, UK, Australia, they're on a path towards danger. It's not like they've, they've already crossed into it. Anyway, meanwhile... China's leader, Xi Jinping, is set to hold his first call with... President Zelensky. Indeed. Uh, The first call with Zelensky since Russia invaded Ukraine. And it comes as the Ukraine war is reaching a little bit of an impasse. And there's a very interesting article on the war uh, from Maxim Tucker in The Times today, and I know you've been looking into this. Yeah, so Maxim's focus is on the city of Bakhmut and its importance to the Russians. Now, um, it's a gateway to Kramatorsk and is a speedy rail link away from Kiev after that. But it's unwinnable, according to Maxim, for the Russians. The Ukrainians are defending Bakhmut for all they're worth, and even if... Um, The Russians succeeded. The Ukrainians have made sure that the path to the city of Kramatorsk is one littered with heavy artillery and tanks to wear down an already worn out Russian force. Brits are notoriously bad at American sports. Uh, We can't really play basketball very well. Uh, We don't even really know what American football is. Um, But we are on the up. I say we are on the up uh, because Great Britain have their first ever victory at the World Baseball Classic. I know. It was against Colombia, and this was the moment. We want to win it. And they do! Swing and a miss! God save the king! Great Britain has done it! (laughs) What a ball game. A historic win for Great Britain. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, This is the first time Great Britain has ever qualified for the World Baseball Classic. Uh, They lost to the US, they lost to Canada, but they beat Colombia. A regal theme there. God save the king. I love that. One uh, Great Britain player hit a home run. Uh, and was given, can you guess, given the regal theme? Uh, a robe. A robe. 
and a crown also. And another celebration, I think this might be my favourite because I saw still um, a picture of it. One of the players mimicking drinking tea because that is all we do in Britain. Indeed, drinking tea. Um, However, it's not just the baseball players from Great Britain that have been doing great work in the United States. Emma Raducanu, the darling of British tennis, uh, she loves the US. Uh, She won the US Open, of course, in 2021, and she's into the last 16 of Indian Wells. And the Times tennis correspondent, Stuart Fraser, has put this victory, her last victory, into a bit of context for us. You have to remember that since she became a, a Grand Slam champion, this is only the second time that she's won three consecutive matches. I think as well to win in three sets, you know, there's been a lot of doubt over her, you know, physical capabilities over the last year and a half. But to beat the world number 13, Beatrice Haddad Maya, in a third set will give her a lot of confidence moving forward. Slightly ominously, though, for Emma Raducanu, she is playing the world number one, Iga Swiatek, next. Yesterday's pod, we looked at the Oscars closely. Who won what, the reaction, all that gubbins. Um, And the Times' chief film critic, uh, Kevin Mayer, not really happy with the winners, I think it's safe to say. A little bit grumpy. All Oscars talk now, though, is about another, would you believe, (laughs) um, as if we produced them, grumpy Brit, Hugh Grant. Uh, He's been labelled rude for one-word answers in an interview before the ceremony. Yes. Now, Grant has not commented, Hugh Grant, about this, but has he? The answer is yes to the Times' Kieran Southern. Um, who spoke to him about it at an after-party. And Kieran's written a piece uh, about his night partying with the A-listers. And I'm going to read you this section, Sonal. Go on. Hidden behind the tree, I wait for the right moment to approach Grant, who's speaking to two female friends. Finally, there's a break in the conversation and I pounce. Hi, Hugh. I'm a reporter with The Times. Can I get your reaction to going viral tonight? I ask gingerly. No, he says bluntly. Struggling, I risk a second question. Do you pay attention to what the internet says? I ask. No, he says again, (laughs) before turning his back to friends and making it clear the conversation is over. I mean, Um, it's a short interview, isn't it, really? It is. His second short interview of the evening, Hugh Grant. Uh, But it's all in Kieran's piece on the Times app. That is it for The World in 10 today. Uh, Don't forget, if you're enjoying the journalism you hear on this podcast, you can take out a Times digital subscription for more. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.